Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host. It's your girl, Shanice, coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 59, and today's topic is the BMF new series off of Stars Network, titled See It, Touch It, Obtain It. This episode was very solid. I can I couldn't wait to uh, cover it because I had went to the premiere of the BMF show. It was here in Atlanta. Fifty was there. Snoop was there. The whole entire cast was there, and it was just everything. So I did see it, and I couldn't wait to talk about it. Um, I hope you guys checked out my BMF documentary recap. I wanted to do that, you know, like we did Snowfall, uh, talk about what BMF was all about and break that down. So go back and check that out, you guys, the BMF. I just dropped my Raising Canaan season finale recap so check that out as well and i've been dropping the snowfall content so if you guys haven't checked that out that's on the platform as well we have just completed season one so i have all episodes from season one uploaded now check that out and we will start recapping season two this week so we're gonna get into the show Just my normal church announcements. Do not forget to follow me on my social media platforms, Alicia Shanice for Facebook and IG. You can follow me. If you have any feedback or anything about the platform, be feel free to DM me. Just let me know your thoughts and what you think. Um, You can follow me on my social, my other platform. I have made all of my music playlists public. I got some really dope playlists. They are all on Spotify. The channel is Alicia Shanice and all of my playlists start with Shanice Loves. So it'll be like Shanice Loves 80s, 90s, 2000s, Motown, hip hop, R&B, gospel country the list goes on so i have made them all public you know how we be scrambling looking for music i got you i got you um you can also email me at alicia shanice 13 at gmail.com if you live in the atlanta area this will be in roswell my friend is opening up a spa doors open october 25th ambience health and wellness spa you can book your appointment now at www.ambiencehealthspa.com you can follow her on ig and facebook ambience health and wellness spa she will be specializing in mineral detox body wraps vaginal steams iconic foot baths and colonics she will be doing all of the mineral detox body wraps the vaginal steam korean hip baths she'll be doing the hydrotherapy colonics the himalayan salt and feared sauna therapy so in times we live in now health is wealth and stress is at an all-time high so why not come and get your spa day on that is in 800 old roswell lakes park parkway suite 250 Roswell, Georgia 30076 and doors open October 25th. It will be $10 off any service with the flyer and you can book your appointment now. So that is pretty much it. If you guys are a book reader and love reading books, I got a hot book for you and it's straight fire. If you love stuff like BMF, Raising Canaan, shit we talking about now, check out 
Some Things I've Been Through. You can buy it off Amazon. It is a memoir by Jamil from Gully TV. Gully TV has a YouTube channel. It's over 100,000 subscribers on there. Dope, authentic content. Dope interviews, dope content, sports, hip-hop, and fashion. Gully TV, check that out as well. So on that note, I'm not going to keep you guys here too long. Let's go ahead and get into the show. So this episode was fire and what made it special for me is um, two important things. For number one, I was at the premiere and to be at the premiere and watch it and you had the full cast there and, you know, we all watched it together and you got to see like, you know, their, their emotions and expressions and, you know, seeing how they were screaming and everything, it made it even more better. I mean, the whole entire cast was there. Wood Harris, Steve Harris, um, the uh, I can't think of his name. He plays the father. Uh, he, he's a really dope actor. Cash Dow, um, Big Meech's son, uh, Demetrius Jr., who plays uh, Big Meech in the series. Like 50 Cent, you know, the, the stars, uh, the em- employees, you know, the people who work there, the exec. It was just it was inspiring. And one of the, the best things I loved about the show is I'm from Michigan. So, you know, when you hear about BMF, even when we covered the documentary, it doesn't go into the origin of the story from Detroit. So I loved on how they just didn't show how it was just BMF, everything in Atlanta, even though they became all of that. I loved on how they went back to the origin story and went to the beginning and went to Detroit. Because when we see all of these stories, when you go from the paid and full, we get the Harlem story and then we go to, you know, just the Supreme team and the Jamaica Queens and then we go to the DC and you hear about the Rayful Edmonds and the Wayne Perry's when you know when you talk about that 80s dynamic then you get the Freeway Rick story and we go into South Central and we hear all about the Crips and Bloods you don't really hear anything about Detroit and when most people think about BMF they think about Atlanta they think about LA where Southwest T was at but this started in Detroit and, you know, Detroit has its own story and that's what birthed what we got today. This was the most organized crime family of it all. When you think about it, look at the 80s of everyone I just named down from the fat cats and all of them. They reigned supreme, of course, but all of their reigns stopped in the mid 90s. They're showing you on how their story went on and you know, it didn't stop 
until the 2000s and look at how they outlast and look how organized there was. So I loved it because it showed Detroit. Most people think of Detroit. They're like, oh, Motown, Barry Gordy, you know. <laughs> and they showed the little um, Motown house in the show. I loved it that. I've been there before, went all through the museum. So it's so much history in Detroit that I love on how they're showing that from the beginning. So let's go scene for scene. You guys know how we do on this platform. And... I loved on how it opened up, how it opened up with everything and you pay attention to the writing, you know, it says, you know, this story you're about to see is loosely based on truth. Some of the names, characters, businesses, and events have been fictionalized for dramatic purposes, but a lot of this shit may have actually happened so I loved it how they put that in there you know they did switch some things up a bit and one thing I noticed they switched up uh, is towards the end of the episode and we get a saying from Meech we didn't choose the hustle the hustle chose us it was the only way to better our living situation and end poverty right then Demetrius Big Meech Flannery um one more thing I want to say before we go on. Um, I know we went over the documentary before we started the series. So you guys can go check out my documentary recap. But also, by this is taking place in Detroit. And I didn't really want to say too much um, because I had already seen this, the, the series, the first episode. But I'm telling you, Doc Hicks TV on YouTube, he has interviewed most of the dudes from Detroit. You know, the character Pat is playing. He's based off of E.D. And he's interviewed him as well. I'm talking about Doc Hicks TV, D-O-C Hicks, H-I-C-K-S TV. He has interviewed all of them. So, like, I love to always know the real story or whatever. But, yeah, check out his YouTube channel. And he has interviewed all of them. And they break down everything. So, and they still have all the respect in the world. So, it just shows you, you know, this organization from the beginning was built off of you had to earn your own stripes and that's something that they did Mitch and Terry both so it opens up and we see a 2005 Mitch he's walking around Detroit he got the big long mink coat on he got the infamous BMF chain on and you know he's walking you know kind of like an illusion going back to where you started from and in 2005 that's like when they were all you know getting indicted and getting caught up but you know he meets he meets up with one of his boys they basically go to like a house party in Detroit across the street from where they grew up at in southwest Detroit we see it goes you know he says, like, would I have changed a thing? And that's one of the things I said in the documentary that he said he wouldn't have changed a thing because he was basically being him. And it goes back to the beginning. And we see the family dynamic of the Flannery family. We see the hardworking father, Charles, coming downstairs. He got his little GM outfit on. And in those days, everybody in Detroit, Flint, everywhere work for General Motors. General Motors is what Michigan was. And um, we see the mother, you know, she's the one holding the family down. And we got that family 
structured home where back then it was normal to have a mother and a father in the home. I loved it. This, it was very realistic. We see that they're struggling. We see a young Meech. We see Terry. We see their little sister, Nicole. We see on how, you know, you have to have old school stoves. You have to light it up with the lighter. Like, I loved it, everything about this scene. It was so realistic, and it shot just so good. Like, it's nothing but good things. You can already tell from this pilot, from this first episode, this stuff is going to be fire. And then, you know, this is just the beginning. It's so much history with BMF. So we go into the next scene, and we see Meech is supposed to be working at Wendy's. Remember, they like, you enjoy your first day of work at school. And, you know, they're supposed to be working at Wendy's. But we see his boss pulls up, Pat. Wood Harris. Whenever you see Wood Harris, you know whatever you're watching is about to be fire. Um, we see Wood Harris. He pulls up, and and we see Meech was working with him first, but we see they let Terry in the car too. So both brothers get in the car, and we get the opening scene. I love the opening scene. We see all the real photos of the parents, the brothers, the family, the crews. We got 50 Cent with his new theme song with Charlie Murphy, Uncle Charlie. I, I kind of like this one, you know. You know, it don't get much better than the original Power opening with Joe, the big rich town, but this one uh, kind of up there you know i um so it opens up and we see we're in 1980 something they don't go in what year it is it's 1980 something we see by now you know the boy's been working for pat for a while so we see a teenage meech and terry we see how they all the way in the game now they got you know the cars they just they just doing it. You can already tell they doing their thing. And they meet up with the 12th Street crew at a game. It's like their rival crew. We see by now, uh, Meech has already said he's dropped out of school. Uh, Big Meech did drop out at night. He, you know, he was at a ninth grade education. Um, we see Terry had one of the dudes who worked there. He kind of sneaks him in a gun. They go meet up with the 12th Street crew. We see Ray Ray from Snowfall, my Snowfall watchers. We see Ray Ray in there. He he working with the 12th Street crew. And they meet up with J Mo. They kind of go back and forth. So we already know we finna had his rival with 12th Street versus the 50 boys. Um <clears throat> The 50 boys, they recalled that because ED, the one who they hustled for at the time, they sold two for 50. So they end up, that was their crew, the 50 boys. And it wasn't a lot of them in a documentary. He said it was only about three of them. And that was their crew. They had other people in there, but that might have been their friends that they brought in. But I don't want to say too much about that. Check out, I want y'all to check out Doc Kicks TV. He got a dope series on the BMF with the real interviews. So that was why they called you know the 50 crew because they sold the two for 50 that's that was ed's um thing so we see Meech already had the vision he like you know we could be like the italian mafia we pull all our resources together but they ain't trying to hear that shit no my territory is my territory terry kind of get the hot head he pull out the gun Meech basically just says you know what give it to him because he got a bigger he already know what he want to do and he just basically gives it to him after shit get a little heated terry kind of pulls out his little firearm and you know it goes there <clears throat> so <clears throat> mish and terry they go back home they in their they bedroom they going back and forth we can see early on they see business 
different. They see it in different eyes. They work good together, but we see going back from the beginning in their teenage days, they see things different. And we, I loved it, this scene because their mother comes in there. They go down to the dinner table. I love seeing the um the whole family dynamic. I love seeing how close they were. We see a very tired Mr. Flannery come in walking over there. Like he had been working all hard, got all these bills. You know how fathers used to look back at the day. And it just was so authentic. He tells Meech, you know, you're gonna look proper at this dinner table. And they all say grace together. And that's how my granddaddy is. He don't play about having hats on when you eating dinner and you know saying your grace. So like I said, I love of the whole family scene, each scene that was in there. And we see early on that <clears throat> their father is a little more harder on Meech. He even skips him to say grace and say, you know, let Terry say grace. And, and that's kind of normal. You know, the older child always kind of has it a little harder. But we also see that, you know, Meech has already had a baby. He's already dropped out. We see Terry has a baby on the way, but he's like an honor roll student. The parents don't even think he's in the game like that. They know Meech. They know what Meech doing, but they see, you know, Terry's on honor roll. He's still in school. So they're still thinking, you know, he's got it good and he kind of gets treated, you know, a little better per se, you know, just be, just because of, you know, the times we were in and he dropped out. That's probably why his father was acting like that. <clears throat> We go to the next scene. This is so Detroit. We go to the Big Coney Island restaurant and we meet Lamar Silence, who's going to play a big part in this in this series. And Lamar walks in. He just got out. He looking for Duke. We got the new manager in there. He like, you know, oh, you're talking about James? He doesn't work here anymore. He's on, on the east side, you know. He asked for the burger. He like, we don't sell it no more. Lamar like, look, shit ain't finna change. You let Duke know I'm back, and we getting back to everything how it was. And he wants everything back. Lamar is not playing. He rough him up. The new manager don't know what the hell he done got into. <clears throat> but we also see the 12th Street dudes is sitting back and they watching everything. They peeping out. They see Lamar and walk back in and, you know, we just see it. <laughs> Lamar is back and he says stuff is going back to how it was. So we go into the next scene, right? And we go into Pat's spot. You know, every dope dealer got their own little spot that they own where everybody kick it at. And Meech walks in and he, he you know, he giving them the game. He asking them, like, what? Why did you get your territory away? That's something that's something we don't do. You fight for your shit. You don't just give it away. And, you know, Pat breaking down the game to him. <clears throat> and we also get the backstory of Lamar about how he was he's the boogeyman of Detroit you know so that was a good scene um this episode I like to call an introduction episode where we get introduced to all the characters and you know get brought in together I bet you by uh, episode three everything is just gonna be fire you know the first two episodes they have they have to introduce us to the characters and we have to get to know who they are um <clears throat> so we get into the next scene and we see that Meech they find a new spot in the park and it originally belongs to 12th street, but they never there. And, you know, they putting the plan in motion. We see Miss Griffin. She come and stop all oh, that shit. Meach kind of talked to her a little bit. I have Miss Griffin, you know? So 
we pretty much know that's where they gonna be they just gotta handle miss griffin and <clears throat> meach goes to the next thing he goes to the tigers little game and he see coach and this is Wood Harris' brother, Steve Harris. They're, they're blood brothers. So the guy who playing Pat and the coach and Detective Bryant, they're brothers. <laughs> they're both good actors. And, you know, they kind of talk, talk a little business. He lets them know he needs them to, <coughs> excuse me, guys. You know, I'm getting over a little allergy cold. Let me take some water. My apologies about that. <clears throat> so they go and... He tells him, you know, like, I need you to do this for me. We found a little spot. He's speaking a little cold, but we know he got him up to something. So we go into the next scene, and we go to the high school. We see Terry is in school. He's in class. We see how smart Terry is. And, you know, he break, He break. we see how intelligent he is. He's talking to the teacher, but he can't even do his work because we got this hating-ass nigga next to him. He up there cracking jokes about Meech dropping out of school, about who about to babysit their kids. And I'm wondering, is a little history back there? Like, did, did Terry steal your girl or something? Because you a little butt hurt on him having a baby. So I'm thinking that probably come out later. Maybe he was with Terry baby mama or something because he just was a hater. Terry ended up, you know, they end up scuffling. They end up scuffling, didn't get too serious, but we could tell Terry was about to whoop that ass. So we get into the next scene. And also, let's jump back. Remember, Meech was mad about Terry having a gun in the first place. And before they went down to dinner, when they was arguing about the business, he told him, get that gun out of mama house. So, fast forward, Meech is walking in the house. He ready to throw down on that good Chinese food. You got Lucille and Daddy sitting in there, and you can tell the look in their face when he walked in, he in trouble. They got the gun sitting out, and, you know, they kind of go back and forth. Meech takes it like a man. He takes it for his brother because that he that wasn't his gun. He didn't bring it in the house. He didn't want it in the house. Things get a little heated. His daddy kind of, you know, the mama she, Lucille tries to calm it down and don't speak for me, woman. <laughs> it's so 80s. <laughs> and, you know, <clears throat> Meech tries to tell him, like, look, the house is in floor closure. The bills is behind. I can, I can give you this, you know, and his daddy hems him up you know a real strong family scene terry walks in he knows it's his fault this was a real strong family scene meach get put out and this this is very 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 realistic you know very very realistic very well done i love all the family scenes between the parents and the children it is so well written and well done shout out to 50 um we go into the next scene after me just put out the house, he didn't got into it with his daddy. His daddy didn't hemmed him up. What he gonna do? Go and let some steam off. And at the premiere, honey, they went crazy on this scene. Everybody got the screaming because they got the Rick James playing. We hearing fire and desire. You know, we see Miss Cash doll. Her and Got her scene in here. See, they keeping it so authentic, so Detroit. You know, Cash Dial, she represents Detroit all day. And we see she is his girl, his baby mama in the series. They in there getting it on. And, you know, 
they have a little talk. She like, you know, why you still staying at your mom's house and go back and forth? But why is she getting up to go get him a hot towel? You know, Lamar, Lamar crazy ass shows up at the house. <laughs> I didn't know what he was about to do at first. And we see that, you know, she is his ex. So he just got out. He already said everything going back to normal and he won his old thing packed. So he asked about the they baby Zoe, but she lets him know, like, Lamar, I told you, Zoe is not yours. But he says, you know, Zoe, all she knows is him being her, you know, the daddy. So he gives her a little bracelet and, you know, she like, get on your feet. Then we'll talk about you seeing Zoe. So, okay. She ain't seen him in two years. She ain't quit seeing, quit coming to visit him. So we get all the backstory there. And I'm sure it's going to be much more to come with the history of that. But <clears throat> after he leaves, he leaves, but he don't leave. He park outside her house. He listening to One Love, One Love, Houdini. That's on my 80s playlist. Follow my Spotify playlist. They public. <laughs> but um, he listening to One Love. He thinking about he want his old thing back. And then they open up the door, meet and cash out. They in there just kissing it on up. And he like, what the fuck? You know, they flash on his car. We see the 666 Michigan tags. It reminded me of them early 90 days in Detroit with Esham. You know how he used to represent the devil. <laughs> like I said, this shit's so Detroit. I love it. And um, Meech walks out. Shit. He, he 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 skirts up. He damn near runs him over. He hit him. He just lightly hit him. And he said, next time I won't miss and stay away from my bitch. Damn near kill me. <laughs> and Mitch like, I ain't never been scared of nobody. But he gives us the backstory on Lamar. And we see how Lamar was crazy on how he basically ran a D and had all the corners. And now when he's out, you see 12th Street and took over one side. We got the 50 boys on the other side. And we see that he was institutionalized mentally. And who do we see on the news? Mr. Reagan. Whatever show we watching, when it's based off the 80s, we going to see Reagan. And we going to see Mr. Ronald Reagan. The Narcos. Snowfall. Now be a Beth, wherever you go, Reagan. And it's funny when you go to other areas, maybe you could be watching something from the 60s or the whatever. You don't see Kennedy popping up, even in everything in the 90s. You don't see um, Clinton popping up. But everything you watch, 80s, that's drug related. You see Reagan picture or something because he was, listen, I can't wait for us to cover that Reagan documentary. Um, but we see Reagan signed the bill and he was basically let out. So <clears throat> we got the story on Lamar and we know Lamar is a good st- character is going to be pivotal in season one. And we know he is crazy as hell and meets with his girl. So we go into the next scene and we see Charles and Lucille. We can see Charles is just a hardworking husband. You know, he probably disappointed his son and dropped out. You know, they 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 vary in a church, very spiritual. No, nobody want to see their son selling drugs, you know, whatever. The 80s was a epidemic of the drug war. So a lot of parents were disappointed. You had the teenage boys out there like that. And we see him and Lucille. We see Lucille is tired. 
and they kind of go back and forth. We see she had to pick up a job. They don't want to disappoint their daughter, disappoint their daughter Nicole for missing her class trip. And they kind of go back and forth, but we still see the passion in that love. They go upstairs and get it on, honey. They let some steam off too. So we're going to the next scene and we see Terry. He goes over to his baby mama's house. He want to make sure everything is cool. He didn't pay for the baby shower. You got his baby mama sitting there. She got that look. 80s hairstyle. I'm like, you know, they 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 did the damn thing. And he like, look, I didn't pay for the liquor, I didn't pay for this. We got the baby shower here, but I'm not staying here. You know, because back in the day, the baby shower, you know, I know stuff a little different now in 2021, but in the 80s, no, the baby showers was the woman's thing. The man just paid for everything. But they got that little young teenage love. He got all the money, you know. She got the little 80s hairstyle rocking, you know. Well, very well done. Very well done. So we get into the next scene, and that's when we see the coach is really a detective as well. So now we see what Meech wanted him to do. He pulls over Miss Griffin. He tried to put a little scare tactic. She lets him know, like, I ain't scared. But when he brings her son up and, you know, shows the rock, he's like, now, it wouldn't look too good if I said that this was your son. So now he kind of got Miss Griffin where she needs to be so Meacham can run a crew in that spot without being bothered. And that was so 80s. You had a black, dirty cop in every hood who always looked out for the dope dealers. Every city, same tale. You know, it just, it is what it is. It happened. And, you know, we go into the next scene and we see Meech and his mom. They have a heart to heart in his room. She kind of lets him know, like, um, I need for you to get it together. Terry won't listen to me. Terry won't listen to his daddy. But every word you say, he soak up. He love you. He worships you. But she don't even know Terry already in the game, too. But they have a really good heart to heart. And she tells him, like, you know, I can't accept your money. You know, and I loved it, this heart to heart, because it's so realistic when you had that father who's always hard. It's always something about a mother and a son's love. And after that, Meech and Terry, they gonna meet up with the crew. You know, they in a little spot. Uh, we see he kind of go hard on Kato a little bit. They get talking about business, talking about, um, you know, moving everything. They go back to the trap spot. They cook everything up. They playing Run DMC. I am loving the music in here. They get geeked up. They got the streets on lock. They got the, the corners moving because now they in the park. We see Mrs. Uh, we see her very, very, you know, Miss Griffin, she's very frustrated. She can't do shit now because Detective Bryant got her her on lock so we just see that they is in there and they is doing a damn thing and with how they moving stuff now how they cooking everything up bagging it up the 50 boys ain't playing and they is ready for business so after all of that it kind of goes back and forth showing us the cookhouse and showing how they moving everything in the street it goes to pat's birthday party straight 80s everybody is in this party you got the 12th street crew you got lamar in there you got the 12th street crew stepping to lamar then you got the dude who terry was about to get into a fight with at the at the high school he in the party oh, all these young people in this damn party but anyway he in a damn party and you know 
he stepped to Terry. Well, the 12th Street crew, they stepped to Lamar. They trying to invite Lamar in. Lamar like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> Lamar ain't having it. And they know Lamar crazy. But then they go and we see the dude who Terry got into it with it. He stepped to Terry. They get the argument. Meech come, shut that shit down. And then we see, you know, everybody in there is dressed. The whole 50 crew, when they walked in, they came in there looking like they was just everything. I loved it that. I loved it the outfits. I loved it the fur. I loved it the big chains. And we see Pat is dressed. <laughs> we also see Lala in here. She boasting there, strutting her stuff. And she's not Lakeisha anymore like Power. And here she is, Markeisha. And she is married to one of the dealers who work with Pat. So we see, I got a feeling she's going to be a mess in here. <laughs> so basically... You know, they ask Pat, could they speak to him outside? They give him his little birthday gift. He like, I love y'all little niggas. But, you know, he they tell him how good stuff going and how they going to be to re-up tomorrow. He like, tomorrow? Just just hit y'all off with shit last week. Y'all moving too fast. I'm trying to, you got to move smart. I'm trying to keep you out of jail. So they see in two different visions. Pat is looking the old school way. They looking like, we got to get this shit, you know? Two different visions, old way, old way of doing things, new game in town. So they see things different. And Pat, they have a lot of respect for him, of course. Um, respect him. Look at him like a father figure in the game. But they ready to step out and do their own thing. Pat basically lets him know, let's quit talking business in the party. Let's have fun. But then they go and they talk. And, you know, they ready to step out and do their own thing. They're ready to basically get their own connect. They don't want to be told what to do. And they see Pat going to tell them what to do. He lets them know, like, you know what they say, God don't give you more than you can handle or you can bear. In your world, I am God. And you're not finna read right now. <laughs> so, you know, after they talk, you know, they do have a lot of respect for him, but they just... They want to be their own bosses. They ready to move on. And that happens. Got to grow out the nest. And they say, you know, they about to be the kings of the D. They ready to step their game up, see it, touch it, taint it. So after that scene, we see Terry gets a call from his baby mother. They go to the hospital. She didn't have their little baby boy. And we get another strong family scene. We see a little heartfelt moment. Not too many words, but you got, you know, that feeling that they were kind of making up. Um, Daddy and Meech. You know, they talking about the feet. You know, you got the fan nice family scene i loved every family scene in this episode i loved it on how they showed the structure and how they show how you know the father is getting frustrated how they're struggling how close they were the brothers bond you know so i loved it every bit of it so we see the little baby is born and they are there as one big family so we go Two days later, after the hospital scene, we see now Terry, the baby, and Wanda is back at the house. I don't know. It was so many Wandas, teenage Wandas in the 80s. Wanda was just Wanda everywhere. <laughs> but 
We see that they done had the baby, and we see Meech is they ready for business. They about to meet up with somebody. He calls them. He's like, nigga, it's 1040. Wanda gives him the okay, but she lets Terry know, like, I need you to go get little man pacifier out the car. So when he walks outside, we see somebody shoots Terry in the eye. Wanda comes out screaming, and we hear the narration of Meech saying you know if it was one thing I could change my brother getting into that car we want to be where we was at today I thought that was very very dope episode I hope you guys enjoyed my recap and you know it's loosely based so um I don't think that shooting happened like that of course we know where they became so we know he's not finna die so it just wasn't a you know terrible cliffhanger but that wasn't a documentary that he was shot in the eye but it said a stray bullet so I don't know you know my I wasn't there I don't know what happened but you know they said it was a stray bullet and it was even a settlement involved but in the show it's making it look like it could have been either the 12th street dudes because now they doing their thing they moving things and that they actually is in their territory and also it could have been the dudes he got into it with at the party who was from high school so I don't know how they gonna play that in you know it's loosely based or the documentary could have been lying I don't know, but I hope you guys enjoyed my recap. I will be here every week because we about to, we about to, we about to cover every episode. I believe this show is about to be fire and I think this is going to be one of 50's best work. He has been talking about this. He has been saying, you know, if you thought power was something, you're going to love BMF and I think he's dead on you know and I like to support everything he does you know it's so many you got the Marvel Universe you got this you got that but you got all type of trilogies for other things but 50 Cent is a black man and look where he came from Southside Jamaica Queens and his career is just so inspiring and I love the content so I love talking about the shows I'm writing a book I'm creating this story from you know, just a dome. I love listening to Courtney Kemp, who writes Power, how she comes up with her things and, you know, different methods she used. So, like, his whole career, I support it. I'm going to support it here and there. Everything. And it's inspiring, you know, like, that's straight inspiring to me. So, tune in each week. We will be recapping BMF every Sunday, and I hope you guys enjoyed this recap. Just one more shout out to myself. You can follow me on my Facebook and IG, Alicia Shanice. Also, follow those playlists. Everything is on Spotify. Spotify is a free streaming service, you know, for the premium package. That costs, of course, but all of my playlists are public. And to get in contact with me, you can also email me at Alicia Shanice. 13 at gmail.com so on that note i will holler at you guys probably thursday we will do the crack documentary on netflix if you want to get into that um be jumping on into that we'll recap that thursday and we'll recap snowfall season two episode one you guys have the rest of a beautiful sunday it's your girl shanice and i'm out hope you enjoyed the show with your girl shanice Thank you.